I want God to search me every day and make sure there's no wickedness in me. Why? You know what I, I, you know what I'm, what I really want? I, I, I want for God, I want, I want abundance of peace. You know, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and I want joy. But I just don't want just regular joy. I want explosive joy in my life. I want, you know, the Bible says that Jesus, or, you know, loved righteousness so much that, that God endowed him with more joy than his contemporaries. Or a person loved God so much and loved righteousness so much, he was endowed with joy more than others around him. In other words, when you love righteousness, the byproduct of right living, amen, is a joyful life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Praise God. <coughs> So, so it says here, uh, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders. You know, there's a lot more in this list than the, the nine fruit of the spirit. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of lists here. Yeah. And uh, all these, if we, and it says here, this is the key right here. And I told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I've made a statement before, well, that may mean that you don't inherit the benefits, but I'm believing, the, I, I really believe that means that you won't make it to heaven. And, I, and the reason why I say that, because Jesus says it this way, he says, not everyone in Matthew 7, 21, 23, not everyone who says to me, now, this is practicing lawlessness. This is somebody that continues in a state of sin without repentance and willful disobedience to God, willful rebellion to God as a Christian, as a blood-bought Christian. They're continuing in their sin. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They're not hearing people trying to get them back. You know what I'm saying? Or people aren't trying to get them back. People are not even talking to them about it because they're self-deceived, thinking that the blood of Jesus covers them in all of that. And the blood doesn't cover you in all that. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We need to be warning our brothers and sisters. If they're in sin, we need to warn them. We need to pray for them and warn them and pray that God draws them back. Amen? So it says here, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does, now listen to this, he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Ooh, that's good. What? I thought being a Christian was just receiving Jesus. Yeah, but you got to do his will. Oh, what? Does it say that? Yeah, you're doing his will. What's his will? You're walking it out. So you, 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 you're, you're, you're living your life for him. Amen. You're, 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 you're consulting him in your decisions. You're, you're trying to walk it out. Amen. Are you hearing what I say today? You know, like I was, you know, went, went to Bible school. I was planning on staying where I was at. And God said, listen, I want you to go back to Virginia Beach. And I had a decision to make. Do I go back? I had my own house. I had my sports car. I haven't found my girl yet. I was single, mingle, you know, uh, single, ready to mingle. Had the convertible sports car. I had it going on. I was going to maybe set up my ministry. I had, I had a good paying job. And you know, and I was in, I, listen, I was in a prayer group and, and the Lord spoke to me, go back and help Pastor Joe, help that little church. And I, and I really didn't want to. Why? Because uh, I fight selfishness. Anybody out there fight selfishness? I fight trying to live my own life. I fight laying down my life. I don't want to lay down my life. Your life doesn't want to die. In other words, the, the, the natural life, but the eternal life is a life that's above that. You're living life, but you're living in a way where you're being led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is using you in a way to, to change people's lives everywhere you go. Yes. 
Amen. I pray, Lord, is there anybody I can minister today? Open the doors. Let me be a witness to them. Amen. And so, and so it says here, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And you know what? Since I've been walking in love, I got under attack. Can you tell? No, pastor, you sound great. You sound strong. Man, I've, been fight I've never fought it so hard. All right. You know, sometimes when you're trying to do the right things, the enemy will come against you. Sometimes when you're just trying it, whenever you try to start walking it out with God and start walking out with the Holy Spirit, you better believe, and, and you're in a place of comfortability, I call it lukewarmness. Okay, here we go. And you're in a place of lukewarmness in your life. You're not that hot for God. You're not that cold. You're just lukewarm. You're not fired up. You're not seeking God every day. You're just taking it as it goes. Yes, you're praying when you need something from God. You're getting on your knees there. But other than that, you're not fellowshiping with the Holy Spirit. And so God's not a priority in our lives on a daily basis. So we're just living life instead of the eternal life. <clears throat> so when we start living the eternal life, uh, the enemy is going to come against us. And anytime you stand and start standing up for a message like this, guess what? I had a problem printing this up this morning. Never had a problem. I had the devil telling me, you know, you, the grace of God, take it easy on them, pastor. <laughs> I am, I'm going to try to take it easy on you. So let's look at this. Uh, Jesus says this uh, in Matthew 7, 21, 23. <clears throat> Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does my will of the Father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, and, and you who practice lawlessness. Now, when I see this, when I see the scripture, these look like church folk. These aren't just the backslider out there doing nothing for God. These are, you know, these are church folk that's in the church. But what I, what I see is some will say, well, they weren't really saved. They were just doing it because they had, a, they had a false conversion and they were in the church doing it out of a false. I don't think so. I think that they received Christ and they started doing these things, operating in the gifts. And then they started practicing lawlessness and the gifts kept working and they thought that God was still with them. Just because he's confirming his word with signs following. Now, he will confirm his word with signs following even if you're in sin. Why? Because it's not about you. It's about the person he wants to get set free. And he's willing to use even a vessel that's in sin to pray for somebody to set them free. Amen. But it doesn't validate your walk with Christ. Miracles don't validate our walk with Christ. Uh, giftings don't validate our walk with Christ. None of this validates. No, it's our relationship. We're walking with God. You know, it's a knowing that we're walking with him and our hearts right with him. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Yes. Boy, this hurts so good. I need preaching like this. I need something to wheel me in. It says in Colossians 3, 5, um, it says here, so it says here, I never knew you. This is the key here. You who practice lawlessness. So what happened was these people got so comfortable with God that they didn't think the rules applied to them. Remember King David? Remember he got comfortable with God and he was doing, and God blessed his socks off, if he had socks. And he was a God, after, he was a man after God's own heart. And you know, I'm telling you, God loved David. And then what happened? He didn't go out with the kings. And what happened? Bathsheba was bathing. And what happened? Sin came in, right? And then David thought he could, 
shove it under the, the, the carpet. And he thought that, he, that, that God wouldn't mind because, of course, he's, he's the king. God loves him. He put him in a position. And then remember, uh, I believe it was Naaman the prophet that came and, and said to him, you know, uh, there was a, a man in your kingdom that stole a sheep from a, a poor family. And that was a wealthy man and took that sheep and cut it up and gave it to his friends. And that was a sheep like their pet. And you know what David said? That man should die. And you know what he said? You're the man. We need to face the sins in our life and put them down before they put us down. And they will take our lives. They will take our family's lives. And so we got to be very careful. We have, the Bible says, walk this walk circumspectly, not as fools, redeeming the time for the days are short. We don't want to walk in this life like fools. No, we want to make sure that our light is shining, that we're letting our light shine wherever we go, that we're just not living life, we're living the eternal life. And so he says here, he says here, put to death the members which are in the earth, in, in, on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desires, this Colossians. See, why, why am I reading this? Because this is like in every epistle. It's like, well, pastor, that's just one scripture. No, every epistle talks about get away from sin. Don't let it in your life. Every letter written by the apostles is like, don't, get, don't touch it. Get away from it. Why? It's the gospel. Amen. It's walking the kingdom. And he says here, and he says here, put to death. You got to put to death those things. How do you do that? Fasting and cutting those things off, not allowing it to take a hold of you. Amen. Because of these things, look at this. It says, watch, uh, uh, it says here, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are, uh, are to put off these things. Anger, wrath, he's talking to the church. Malice, we are to put all these things off. Blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have been put off the old man, which is deeds, and put on the new man, who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Ephesians says it this way, therefore be imitators of God as dear children, walk in love as Christ has loved us and give himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell and aroma. But fornication, sex outside of marriage and uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named among you as fitting for saints. Amen. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting. This is powerful. Which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. For this you know, no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, which is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. There it is again. Wow. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. What that's saying is that that the sons of disobedience are the ones that are unsaved doing those kind of works. It's not talking about the saved doing those works. But what he's saying is, if we are saved in doing those works, we will become... Listen, if you're doing the works of the devil, wh whose son do you become? If you start acting like the devil, talking like the devil, walking like the devil, rebelling like the devil, who do you look like? God, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I just keep confessing that as I sin. Well, hopefully that'll get you back in, but you know, don't deceive yourself. The Bible says that we can be self-deceived. How's that? The Bible, James says, don't be self-deceived. Don't think 
that sowing to the flesh won't reap death. See, Eve was deceived. She didn't believe, uh, she didn't believe that God said that she would die. She believed the devil. He said, you surely would not die. You, it won't cost you your life. And the devil's playing that game on so many people today. Go ahead, live a little on the side. Do a little of this. You surely won't die. It won't cost you. It can cost you. It cost David. It cost him his family and how the curse came upon his family and he had bloodshed all through his family. It cost David. It will cost us. It just doesn't, listen, if we're parents and we're sinning, it just doesn't cost us. It will cost, it will, it will, it will, it will, co it will, it will go down into our seed. That's why the Bible says, uh, you know, you know, uh, choose this day who you serve. Bless your curse. Uh, choose this day who you serve. Uh, well, how does it go? Choose this day who you serve. Blessing or curse. What's the rest of it? I set before you life and death. Thank you. I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose this day who you serve. So you, you have a choice every day who you're going to serve. Death or life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Look at this. It says here on Timothy. It says, now in the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. So what is that saying, Pastor? Well, that's saying that you've got to be in the faith to depart from the faith. Now, let me just say this. Just because you're sin doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's going to leave you. Because you have grace. And because you stumble and fall in sin. And just because you are, you have, maybe you, you start having an addiction and you're trying to do everything you can. The, as long as you're repenting, God, the Holy Spirit's going to work with you. But when you start saying, hey, I don't care about the Holy Spirit. I don't care about God. I don't care about the church. I'm going to do my own thing. Then you're in a bad spot. Yes, Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so it says here um, that it says the Spirit says in the latter times, some, I like that it says some, not most. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies of hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidden to marry and commanded to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused. For it is received with thanksgiving and sanctified by word and prayer. So it says here that uh, are, are deceived, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. What he's saying here is that if we keep going into sin and we keep doing it and we're ignoring the Holy Spirit to try to draw us back to repent, our heart can, our heart can get so hard that it gets so seared that we get callous to, to, to even sensing the Spirit trying to lead us away from that. And we start thinking because no light bolts is hit, God's okay with it. And now we're on the primrose path of death. Jude said it this way. Um, he said it this way. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, while long ago were marked out for their condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only the Lord our God and, and, and Jesus Christ. Amen. So there's people that will turn the grace of God into lewdness. Amen. Um, I got so much scripture here, man, it could almost make you want to repent a hundred times. Amen. Uh, Hebrews talks about Hebrews 10, 26. If, for if we go on, if we sin, will of anybody ever eat, uh, read Hebrews 10, 26 to 31? Anybody? Do you know why? Why we're getting deceived? Because we don't study our Bibles. 
and the devil, is, we watch a TV show of some preacher that can, that can quote the Greek and the Hebrew and tell you that you're good to go. And he sounds so sharp. And, and he doesn't give you any of these scriptures. You got to read your Bible. You got to study your Bible. And then you not only study it, you got to be a doer of the Bible. And if you don't do the word, you will be self-deceived. And so <clears throat> it says here in Hebrews 10, 26, why am I reading this to you? Why am I going over? Why am I being so hard? I don't want any of you going to hell. I don't want on my watch that I didn't give you my truth of what I believe that can send a Christian to hell. And you can't say on that day of judgment, Pastor Dave didn't tell me. I want you to look at this and look at it. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. <coughs> Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, count the blood of covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and installed it in the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I repay back, says the Lord again. The Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Whoo, man, that's strong. So what is he saying? He's saying if we go on willfully sinning, then there, no, there, there remains no more of a, uh, of, of a sacrifice. And then in 1 John, it says this, 1, 5 through 10. And, and you're doing great on the scriptures, by the way. Amen. Awesome. And 1 John, is it, hot, is it hot in here or is it just me? You know, you got to burn for, if you don't burn for God, people will burn out there. And, and, and they don't know God. They will burn in hell. And we need to get on fire for God. Amen. I'm telling you, there is a heaven to gain. We got to get about the Lord's business. We got to get serious. We can't be playing games with God. We got to walk with the Holy Ghost. We can't, you know, you know, I, I, I want God's, I want God's plan. Amen. Amen. And God's going to have his glorious church. Amen. But pastor, you might have just one person here. Okay. <laughs> Look at this. It says in 1 John 1, 5 through 10. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. I'm going to end it on a high note. God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have no fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So it says here, if we walk in darkness, if we say that we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. So what are we doing? We're practicing lawlessness. Right? So it says here, but if we walk in the light, now this is walking with the Holy Spirit. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, Christ's son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Notice it says, if, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Why would somebody don't, why wouldn't they believe that they have any sin? If this is talking about a Christian, uh, if, if a Christian is believing this doctrine of eternal security and their, and their sins are covered past, present, and future, if they believe in this and, then, and they're committed sin, it's already covered without you, um, as the Holy Spirit reveals to you, you have sin in your life and you don't renounce it and repent from it, um, then you're saying, uh, you can buy into the idea, I don't have to repent. 
And repentance is more than just asking God to forgive you. Repentance is turning from it. So it's more than just saying, I'm sorry. It's saying, I'm not going to do it again. You got it? And so he says here, if, I, if you act like what you're doing is not sin, if you act like fornication is not sin, if you act like, you know, adultery is not sin, lying's not sin, cheating's not sin, and you don't act like it's sin in your life, then you make God a liar. And the truth is not in you. No, whenever God reveals anything to us that's not right, we need to get it straight. We need to walk with God. Because God, ha listen, you're, much, you're way too valuable. God loves you way too much. Listen, you can't be deceived by the devil. The devil is not bigger than God. But you can be deceived by not obeying the word. See, the devil can't deceive you, but you can deceive yourselves. And how do you do that? By not obeying God's word. Amen? We need to obey God's word. Glory to God. Amen? And so I'm closing here. And so, listen, it says here, man, amen. Here, I'm just going to close in these last two scriptures. I'm going to say this. You know, the Bible says that, the, that we have authority in the name of Jesus. And the devil can't make you do anything. And so, as a born-again believer... The Bible says you can submit yourself to God, you can resist the devil, and what does the Bible say will happen? The devil has to flee. You have authority. The Bible says uh, <coughs> in Ephesians 4.28, give no place to the devil. So you have the power to give the devil no place. You have power. You have power. It's like you say, God, if you want this off me, take it off me. No, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to command it to leave. You're going to have to walk away from it. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to make an effort. You're going to have to tell it to go. You're going to have to renounce it. You have the power. All power has been given to us. We have all authority. And no devil in hell can drag us down to hell with a, with a, a sin of the flesh uh, by tempting us. No devil in hell can do that. No devil can take us out of the hands of God. No, no, we're eternally saved in the hands of God. Yes, we're in the palm of God's hand. No, no man can pull him out. But you can walk away from God. You can willingly walk away. Go away. Turn away from God. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Because I tested God one time. I said, I wonder if this once saved, always saved really works. And I try to go on the other side. And I had the fear of hell come on me. Like, like, like you don't ever want to go there. And the fear of hell came on me. And God said, don't play, don't play with me, boy. <laughs> don't play with me, boy. Yes, sir. You know, why? Because I, I, I was testing God. You can test God in tithes and offerings, but you don't test God with your life by walking in sin and seeing what God's going to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I tested God. Man, I don't ever want to have that feeling. I felt, whew, man, I, got, I felt hell just rising up on me. Ooh, glory to God. You're, you're looking at a sanctified pastor today. You're looking at a pastor who's going to walk 
straight and narrow. I, man, I, I used to go through the yellow lights, I, you know, I, I run through yellow lights, you know, and I, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to be lawless. I'm stopping at yellow lights. I'm putting my seatbelt on. Why? Everything, everything, all authority that we, uh, that we dismiss, that we don't put ourselves under, normal authority, natural authority, all this is rebellion in the eyes of God. And God has set up all authority. So I'm stopping at yellow lights. I'm driving better. I'm putting my seatbelt on. Why? It could save my life. So look at this. In, in John 5.18, we're closing. <coughs> it says here, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. John 5.18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself. Notice that it says he keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. So there's a responsibility on our part to keep ourselves. In other words, another place in the Bible, in, in Proverbs 4, 20, it says, guard your hearts. Above all else, guard your hearts, for out of it will springs the issues of life. In other words, we need to guard our hearts. We need to make sure that we're guarded. We can't live a half sloppy life and allow anything to go into our eye gates and ear gates. And we got to be very careful, especially if you're walking in God and you want the best. Now, if you just want an average, ordinary Christian life and a mamsy-pamsy life and you don't want the abundant life and you don't want the overflowing life and you don't want to, you don't want to see people's lives change and you, you just want to live the natural life and be like every... We're not supposed to be like the world. We're supposed to be living supernatural lives, changing lives every day for God. Our lives should be made up of beautiful moments and not hellish moments. And when our life, at the end of our life, when we lived it right, and when we get there, we will hear thy good and faithful servant enter in to the joy of your Lord. Amen? Amen? Listen, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, final one. <clears throat> there is no temptation, test, trial that has overtaken you, except such as common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with every temptation will also make a way of an escape that you may be able to bear up under it. So what is that saying? That means that there's no temptation that you can't overcome. That means that you can walk this life every day as a spotless bride. You can walk in as a spotless bride before God. Every morning your mercies are renewed every morning and, you, and you're walking before God in the love of God and in the spirit of God and you're operating again. And you don't need to be repenting every day Amen. because you don't have repentance in there. You don't have a conscience of repentance. You be living for God. Only when God brings something to you. If there's nothing that you should be praying every day, God, forgive me if I've done something wrong. No, Lord, if I've done something wrong, show it to me. If you haven't, then you're walking right. And so you start living what? You, listen, you, instead of living back in and out, valley. No, we're supposed to be going from glory to glory, from faith to faith. I want days of heaven on earth, and I'm going to start living on them. 
and I'm going to have beautiful moments, and I'm not going to have any ugly moments. I'm going to pray and ask God to just straighten me up, help me to walk right, help me to be all that he's called to me, keep me from evil. I pray that every day, God, keep me from evil. You've got to get God in your equation. Get God's help. And then you have divine protection around you. And you'll walk as a spotless virgin that God called us to walk in. And guess what? When Jesus splits the eastern sky, you'll be taken up and you'll be raptured. Instead of left behind. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.